Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, along with my partner in crime. Gentlemen, some sports guy, and of course, I am the other half of the Locked On Texans duo. This is your team daily Texans talking news podcast, your team every day on Locked On Podcast Network. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those of us who watch it. There's plenty of us out there who watch it. On the schedule for today's show, we're discussing Justin Reed and the injury he sustained. He's out for the rest of the year and what that potentially means for Houston as they look to close out the season. Also, we're discussing what we hinted at yesterday and dive into the coaching and GM search. That news was headlined over the weekend with the information that came out of the Houston Texans camp about who's involved and who they're looking forward to, along with how Deshaun Watson will be a part of the process. And to top off today's show, discussing Romeo Cornell's press conference. Uh, There were some quotes and things that he said throughout the press conference that was very interesting. And, uh, you know, right now, Cody and listeners at home, for me, and of course you can check out this podcast on every major podcasting platform, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. For me, the press conference, it, it was just something that needed to be done. Of course, you know, they arranged for you to be there at this time to do the press conference. But there were some significant things that came uh, out of this press conference on behalf of on behalf of Romeo Cornell. So I can't wait to discuss it. But first, discussing the Justin Reed injury that he's out now for the rest of the year and what that potentially means for Houston closing out the season. According to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle, Justin Reed will miss the remainder of this season due to a hand injury. And boy, John, all I can say with three games left into this season, the, the the news surrounding Justin Reed's injury is just possibly, hopefully, is the cherry on top of what has been a terrible 2020 season. And we all know on Sunday, Reed actually sustained a hand injury. And as we all know, he went out there and he continued to finish the game. But this is possibly the second or third position at this team where injuries bad management, suspensions, has just derailed the position. You you take a look at the lack of talent that's in the backfield. You take a look at the, the wide receiving court that just has been dismantled. Now you, you, you take a look at the secondary, where you was already without Garyon Conley for the season. Bradley Roby is suspended. And now Justin Reed is gone for the entire year. So to close out this season, the Texans are going to be without their top three secondaries, which I might add are not that good to begin with. And John, I I, I want to know how you feel about Reed being out because we all know Reed struggled throughout this season. 
um, after Anthony Weaver had lit that fire underneath his defense. It seems like Reed was starting to finally gain his mojo in this season, but it was a bad outing on Sunday. He did not look good. He sustained a hand injury, and now he's out for the entire season. So for me, my thoughts about Justin Reed going out for the entire season, of for well, for the remainder of the season to say, is I think this would be the best time for him to go out, right? It's wow. not like Houston. No, but listen, and I'm not saying that like in a happy tone or because I'm happy that he's injured by no means, but okay, let's look at this. Is Houston making a run at anything, right? They're not even making a run for a better draft position because it will go to Miami regardless. So they're not making a real run at anything. And if they was at this point in how Justin Reed has been playing, would he be a significant difference if he played? No. So he's going out injured. That's the best move for him. And hopefully as he continues to nurse the injury, this is a back-to-back year for Justin Reed. Nursing injuries, might I add. Um, so hopefully he continues to get healthier over the course of time and his body gets better. Now, I will say this. Sunday's game, Jonathan Owens played 17% of the defensive snaps, and we activated him to the 53-man roster over the weekend. We don't know much about Jonathan Owens, right? We don't know much about uh, what they're going to be able to do now that Justin Reed is gone because they still want to play Lonnie Johnson as safety. So maybe he'll get more snaps. Uh, Eric Reed, who had two sacks on Sunday. Not that I believe that he's a true starting safety in this league, but I like Eric Reed. I mean, you can do a lot of things with him, um, especially blitzing him. But where does Houston's secondary rank? I think number 30th overall, 31st, 32nd. They're not good. 32. I mean, yeah, like, and overall, the defense is ranked number 30th. So that says a lot. Missing Justin Reed in the last three games, it's like a damn if you do, damn if you don't. Regardless if you play or not, there won't be a, a real change or difference to the outcome we're probably going to see. Uh, because we saw it when he, when he played. You just got 36 hung on your head by a team that struggled offensively. And, and yes, you've had good moments this year, but – you know, what else do you have to play for? So, uh, but I do hope he gets a speedy recovery and hopefully can evaluate how he approaches the game so he can be back and better for next year. But no matter what, I'm sure we're all going to continue to watch this dumpster fire of a team. Uh, but when we do so, let's drink with Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people would ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch it. Actually, a couple of Sundays ago, I had some Pepsi, um, had a couple of beers, had some Pepsi, and honestly, I forgot how good Pepsi can be over the course of time. Like I just I stepped away from soda, but Pepsi is still top tier. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. And the rest of this show is going to be dedicated to the coaching staff, whether we're going to look at how the offseason will be affected or the press conference. So first up next, 
talk about the offseason, how the coach potentially changed with a new head coach and general manager. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. Prior to Sunday's game against the Chicago Bears, ESPN's Adam Scheffner reported that two candidates have emerged atop the Texans coaching search in Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, as we all expected at the end of the day, and Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. Now, John, now John, as we get into this discussion, I don't want to spend too much time on Bieniemy because we have talked about him countless of times on this show, but we have not spoken about the possibility of Brian Schottenheimer. Now, before I give the floor back over to you, I want to say, you know how much I have been pushing for the Texans to hire a guy who is used to Deshaun Watson's skill set. And of course, with a man who has been in Seattle for three seasons, you can say he's qualified since he had had the opportunity to coach a guy by the name of Russell Wilson. But listeners and John, this is going to be a, a no for me. Not a hard no, but if Brian Schottenheimer is a part of the Texans' top two coaching search, I think they can do better. And the reason why I don't like the Texans to pursue Schottenheimer, when you look at his track record, Schottenheimer appeared to be a guy who has actually found some success in coaching quarterbacks like Andrew Luck and Sam Bradford when he was the OC in Indy and St. Louis. Now, I'm not disrespecting his IQ of being a head football coach, nor am I disqualifying his ability to coach Deshaun Watson. But Luck and Sam Bradford, yes, they were good, especially Andrew Luck, but neither one of these guys are on the level of Deshaun Watson. Plus, I don't know how much we can say that he is a coach who is used to Watson's skill set when he has only been the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator for three seasons. Plus, in those three seasons, and more importantly, when he got there, Russell Wilson was already established as a top five quarterback in this league. A proven quarterback. And yes, over those three seasons, Russell Wilson has been just as good as ever. But I'm not too sure if Schottenheimer's arrival is the reason why. I want to see the Texans bring in a coach who can not only who is not only used to Deshaun Watson's skill set, but can actually get him to a greater level than what he already is right now. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I understand that whoever comes in as the new head coach, he's going to be asked to do more than coach Deshaun Watson and coach a quarterback. But ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this. Who is the most important person inside this Texans organization. That would be Watson himself. And if you can get somebody who can get Watson to that next level, the rest will follow. So what do we know? We know that Jed Hughes is the one that, you know, initiated the recommendation for uh, Schottenheimer. What else do we know? We know that, as you mentioned, his time in Seattle so far has been uh, pretty good for the success and growth of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, who's just, I mean, he, that dude, that dude come out of college. I knew he was going to be different. And I knew that because he was playing with Russell Wilson, we were going to see a version of him that a lot of people doubted we'll see because of his athleticism. But that dude is a freak of nature. And boy, can he play some receiver? Uh, but overall, 
we know that he's able he's a smart guy we, we know that he's going to be able to adjust and and look at what Houston has on the roster already uh however you know I got to roll with you on this one I, I just I'm not sure honestly I'm not sure what we know about both guys that we could say without a doubt we feel like this would be and when I say both guys I mean Eric Bieniemy and Sean Hammer but we feel without a doubt we can take a coordinator and make him a head coach for the first time in their career and they'll have success. Uh, but what makes it easier for me is because, A, I look at Andy Reid's coaching tree. If you guys have an opportunity, take a look at Andy Reid's coaching tree. Phenomenal. And, B, well, of course, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, no doubt about it, probably probably the greatest talent I've ever seen. Not even probably. That's the greatest talent of, at quarterback I've ever seen in the NFL. But here in Houston, you have a very dynamic, dynamic quarterback. And we, we've been able to see that what has made him so much better this year is yeah, you take away my top receiver, another receiver misses a game, or he, he's just not the target for that, for that game. Uh, we also cut Kenny Stills. I also have a, a very bad offensive line. But I can still go get Chad Hansen some some catches and get him over 100 yards. I can still have a rebirth with Kiki QT to make it look like he should have been getting majority of the playing time over Randall Cobb this entire time. He's that dynamic. So what we've seen offensively is you don't really have to worry about what's going on on offense, especially since Bill O'Brien has been gone. And who do I trust more to come in as an offensive mind and understand who they have, what they have, and then be able to go out there and build the rest of your team up? That's a very good question. I think it's a valid question. I think overall we really don't have a definitive answer for that. But who do I trust more? I trust a guy more coming from a coaching tree like Andy Reid's. That includes John Harbaugh. Doug Peterson, Ron Rivera, Sean McDermott, uh, Brad Childress, right? I mean, Matt Nagy, who just gave the Texans a whooping. Uh, Leslie Frazier, who was, you know, unjustly fired. Todd Boyles, who I think is a good coach. So his coaching tree is pretty legit, especially considering the first couple of names that I mentioned. Yes, I trust Eric Enemy to be the next head coach. And I think that with Houston, Cal McNair, and the committee, going and calling out or calling in for Deshaun Watson to get his input only shows how committed they are to making sure that they, that they build around him and that he pretty much knows what's going on because, I mean, you guys wasted a lot of my time. Now, let's really get the ball moving. And, John, before moving on, um, I do want to say this really quick. You mentioned how you really don't know about a coordinator coming in and filling the void as a head coach. And of course, in this case, we're talking about the offensive coordinator. Um, this is part of the reason why I I want to see Greg Roman, because I feel that he is the guy that can actually come in and, and, and be that coach that the Houston Texans need, especially for Deshaun Watson. I want to see Roman get an opportunity to interview for this job because like I mentioned a couple weeks ago when we talked about Roman, every single place he has been in in the NFL, especially these past 10 years, 
he has not only elevated the team, but he, he has also elevated the quarterbacks. Look at what he did for Colin Kaepernick and look at what he did for Lamar Jackson. He took two good quarterbacks and made them great. So no disrespect to Brian Schottenheimer, but whoever they bring in, whether it's Enemy, whether it's Greg Roman or whoever, I want to see them actually have the experience of taking a good quarterback like we, we see in Kansas City with Eric Enemy. You take a look at Patrick Holmes, who was already pretty good. Part of his evolution into how he became this unstoppable force, most of that credit goes to the enemy. You know, whether you're having a mental or a physical wall and you want to break through it, break through it with Built Go every day. Easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever or your golf bag to power through the back nine or put it in your pocket just to get through the day. Bill Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. Three delicious flavors, which include peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And right now, visit BillGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D. For 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Now, I had an opportunity to hear from Cornell. And, you know, Cody, let me ask you a question. And listeners, of course, we want you to respond. But when you hear your head coach, and I mean, he is an interim coach, but when you hear Romeo Cornell uh, say things like, I don't, I didn't think we had the kind of energy and focus we needed on Sunday. That was disappointing. I told them in the locker room that was the most disappointment I've seen uh, since I've taken over. I took over. What kind of energy does that kind of, well, not energy, but what does that mean for you as a reporter, as somebody who follows the Houston Texans? And I think that's interesting to get your insight. You're in the Zoom calls with the coaches and players. You're there with everybody else in the media. And I'm sure you guys may feel like the fans, just, I mean, bro, like, you guys are riding high in a sense. Like, your your performances, if they haven't resulted in a loss, I mean, in a win, you've had some good performances here and there, but Sunday, you, you just stunk it up. The sense I got, <laughs> Romeo Cannell is done. Just like the team, just like the players, everybody is just done with this season. But before closing, I just want to give you guys some quick news and notes from Romeo Cannell's press conference on yesterday. Justin Reed wasn't the only Texan who was ruled out on Monday. As Cornell said, it is very possible that Randall Cobb will miss the rest of the season after he sustained his toe injury against the New England Patriots. He also said that David Johnson should be back for Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts. And the highlight of the press conference came when I asked Romeo Cannell, could he just explain or describe the struggles of Whitney Merciless over the past two weeks. And this is what he had to say. Well, you know, I told you that he is uh, playing a position where he's not always in the rush. He's in coverage some and has been flipping from side to side, you know, and, and that impacts a player. Uh, I think that um, what I would have to do is I would have to look at point of attack. How many times is he at the point of attack? Uh, how many times has he been rushing? Uh, and then, come up with what I think is uh, a good answer for you on that. Uh, just 
outwardly looking. Uh, we know what he used to be, and, and what he used to be was he was rushing all the time, uh, which allowed him the opportunity to become more familiar with the guy that he was going against because he was going against the same guy all the time, you know, and, and be able to know what moves he needed to make to impact the quarterback. And so now flipping him, he's engaging different guys. He's engaging different responsibilities. And so all of that adds up, you know? Uh, So that would be my initial answer right now. So John, based off what you just heard, do you feel that Romeo Cannell is making an excuse for Merciless or do you truly agree with him and, and you are starting to get the sense that Merciless is just out of position? I'm not sure. I, I will reserve my comments. I'll go look and try to find how many times does he drop back compared to how many times he rushes. Once I get some percentages on that, then I'll be able to answer that question. But uh, Cornell knows more than I would. I mean, uh, the I would say he knows more because there's moments where Merciless could be on the field and I just don't know it. So um, I would have to wait and see to answer that. But in hindsight, he's doing what a coach has to do. Whether your players, you know, he's playing good or bad. You have to still be there for your players. And so I can't be mad at that at all. Uh, But I would like to go try to research and find some numbers on whether or not he's dropping back in coverage more than actually rushing the passer. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook, Locked On Texans, and follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.